Welcome back to 115 Miles, the first episode of 2024. Today we're talking about internet trolls and we're talking about sobriety and dry January. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Yeah, what, and he was pivotal. And you what what, In what way? Tell me what way. Leadership on the field, like organising, going in for big tackles. Oh, move. fucking, you don't know what a big tackle is if you think Henderson goes in for big tackles. He did, man. You don't know what a big tackle is. Move I've on. I've got a big tackle. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what colour would you say your T-shirt is? Mine. Well, I've matched it with my purple treads. So. Which is why you wanted the purple background. I uh, know, because I don't want to blend in, do I? I want to stand out. <laughs> no, you want to you coordinate. I don't know, man. This bit's purple. So the T-shirt's blue, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was kind of purple. It's you. a good T-shirt, isn't it? Happy, can we still say Happy New Year? No, man. Why? Because it's like midway through January. It's not. It's the ninth. Uh, do you know what I fucking hate? Good start, to, good start to the year. That's how I've been doing it. Do you know what I hate on social media? Oh, we're there already. Yeah, okay. is um, like now, you know, it was like fashionable to do goals and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then like now it's, everyone's got pissed off with that. So now like every motherfucker on LinkedIn particularly, but actually all social media is like, uh, don't listen to the noise out there while everyone else is posting goals. You don't need to do that. And I'm like, I haven't seen anyone post goals. All I've seen is people like you, bad mouthing people that post goals. Yeah, it's Have true. you not noticed it? Yeah, it's uh, totally and true. And that's like, I genuinely haven't seen anybody talk about goal setting. People think they're like standing out from the crowd and saying something different and they're saying the same thing as everyone else. Sheep. Sheep. Everyone. Yeah. We'll do get you know another thing that I, d I dislike on social media. Talk. Actually, we'll go there now. I'm uncomfortable with it. If people want to do it, it's up to them, yeah? But I saw a video uh, yesterday or something. I think it was on Instagram of a man that took his lad to an Aston Villa game. And when they got there, he had him in full kit. And he basically surprised him that they were, that he was going to be a mascot at the Villa game. Right. And he's filmed him the whole time. Yeah. And then put it on Instagram. I just think... It's an amazing moment, a very special moment. Why do you have to wang a camera in his face while you're doing it? It just gives me vibes that you're not doing it for the right reasons. I've never thought when I'm doing something really nice for my kids, you know what make this even more nicer? If I put a camera in a face and then put it on social media for everybody else to see. Yeah, I mean, the social media, I can understand why some people might just automatically pick up a camera because they think that's the way to, for um, their family, to, to, to put to on the, what, exactly, the family exactly. WhatsApp group. Once it goes yeah, onto okay Instagram, it's like, oh, look at what a good dad I am. Yeah, yeah I just, it, I, and the kid, like, you know, you know the kid's going to cry yeah. in that. Yeah, can I tell you something I don't understand as well? Go on. People who film fireworks, like, you're never going to watch a video of fireworks <laughs> again, are you, really? Like, what? What's, fireworks like, are shit, aren't they? They're bad for the environment. They're overrated, aren't they? They are. You got a dog now. I bet you never used to think they were. You got a dog now. Now you know, innit? Our dogs don't like, I don't know, because we're never there when the fireworks are going off. We're at a show usually, so <laughs> <laughs> she could be like freaking out. Do you out. stay up New Year's? Are you up? up yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, very timid affair these days. 
but yeah, uh, nice. I was asleep. By, no, in bed, sleep by ten. We um we went out for something to eat, like a late dinner, and then got back and said it was only a little bit after that. But yeah, it was nice, man. Now me me we went to the cinema early evening, the what? six o'clock showing. What did you watch? Wonka. No, uh, Aquaman two. I heard it's shit. I thought it was all right, man. They're all a bit shit, them sort of films, aren't they? But they're all right as a bit of like Fodder. escape and yeah. fantasy, easy watch. Did you watch Wonka? Because I haven't watched it yet. Yes. But we watched the other night, um, When Your Man Makes the Atom Bomb. Oppenheimer? Yeah. What do you think? Fucking hard watch, isn't it? You got what way? Really, you mean as in what, what you, you did? You've got to like, you're looking at your missus a lot going, what, do you fucking know what's going on here? Uh, okay. It is one of them, isn't it? Good I really film, enjoyed it. And I watched the whole thing. Yeah. But fucking hell, the first hour, I was like, I don't think I know what's going on here. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I think it got a bit confused. In the end, it tried to turn it into a bit of a thriller and it was, a, you know, it was a biopic at first. And it's it. based on true, isn't it? It's true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad, yeah. isn't it? It's crazy. Anyway. He was kind of celebrated as a bit of a hero in the movie, but you kind of got to look at what happened as a result. I guess the way you got to look at it is it was probably going to happen anyway, so. Right? Yeah. Do you not see him as a bit of a hero then? Why is he a hero? I don't know. He created the bomb that was going to end the war, wasn't it? Yeah, but there was, it, there was an impact in how they used it. Yeah. Which was disproportionate. Well, but then, but then, um, they didn't that's not his fault, is it? No, maybe no. It's not his fault that it was used no, in no, that no, way. No, 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 no. But then, like, all but you know what you're doing when you work for the military, right? And you're developing, like, yeah. But all war makes me uncomfortable. I love when you say make a big statement sometimes, and you just look at me like, no, but it's true. So, like, you can't go, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, he made an atomic bomb and it killed loads of people. So I no, sort no, of no. don't like him, but I'm all right with the people that were over there no, shooting people one that. by no, one. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I think it's just important not to, it, it, like a lot of people say like, you can't celebrate him. Like he, it wasn't his fault, but he was, he was developing m weapons of mass destruction for the US military. Yeah. So he was complicit, man. And he was very clever. So he wasn't like, oh, well, I wonder what this might be used for one day. Now, what he was trying to do was get there first, right? So then it becomes, it becomes a preventative thing. I think that's what he tried to kind of, push later down the line. Yeah, but, but like I say, all like, uh, th then you get into this, like all war is sending innocent men to go and kill each other for somebody else's face. beef, innit? And women as well. Yeah, but back in then it was all, it was men, oh, yeah. right? To, to settle someone else's beef, innit? Well, yeah. Did you ever see um, Muhammad Ali um, standing up against um, not, like not going to Vietnam and not getting drafted in conscription. What is there a film or something? Or well, no, he talks a lot. Yeah, yeah he yeah, talks yeah. a lot about it. And like, he makes a really good point, which is it's not my, I, don't, I won't try and say his words, but it's like, it's not my war. And it's not, uh, you know, it's, you know, I ain't got a problem with those people. And he said, let's look closer to home and let's look at how I'm oppressed here versus like what's going on over there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, true. Isn't it? not, I, his, not his words. And I'm not like against, Soldiers and people being in the army, right? Like this is a very nuanced conversation that we're not going to unpack today. But I can't, I can't beef with another part of my hometown when I'm a teenager. If I kill someone for coming on my turf when I'm a teenager, it's murder. Yeah. But war is just the same thing, but zoomed out and doing it for a rich bloke in a suit that gets somebody else to kill him for it. Okay, that is that is worth exploring on a on a separate You understand what I'm saying though? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If I, And then you go, yeah, but it's a bit different if you're talking about 
East and West turf and it being about drugs. Yeah. All right. And I go, yeah, but when you actually zoom out and think about how corrupt as fuck the governments are and stuff like that, yeah. and they're arms dealers and drugs dealers, yeah. all of them as well, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you don't have to unpick too far to look at the correlation between arms companies and wars, particularly with the United States. Yeah, mate, you go down that rabbit hole and you start seeing that people will tell you that war is kept going on purpose because arms dealing is such big business. Yeah. So that was a, that was a punchy <laughs> start to 2024. Um, look, I know we are, as you say, in the middle of January, uh, almost. Um, I don't want to talk about goals. I don't want to talk about like that sort of stuff. We normally sort of say, hey, what's your word of the year and all that sort of stuff. However, we are suitably early enough in the year mm. to think about like, what do we want to, what do we want to get from the year? Right. Yeah. So I'm just curious to know, like, um, what is, um, to you, what are you most excited about for this year ahead? And what, and this part two of the question is, what about yourself do you want to leave behind in 2023? So yeah. not like, oh, I want to leave war behind and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but like, what the atomic bomb. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. To let's leave that, that behind. <laughs> let's leave three hour movies about an atomic bomb maker in 23. But like, what do you want to leave behind about yourself in 23? Okay, so let me answer the first question about excited about today, mate. I've just been talking to you out there, but there's lots to come from my inner you program this year. So much stuff's been built out of that. I can't wait to do everything that I'm going to do with it with this year. Um, but just to have Thierry Omri on the Stephen Bartlett podcast, I listened to it this morning uh, and he's talking inner you language. Yeah. It just shows me that what I'm doing. Shout out Thierry. Shout out Thierry, yeah, who who has clearly done in a you about yeah. me knowing. <laughs> he's one of the ones that doesn't come on screen, isn't it? Yeah. You just hear a French. But listen, accent he's talking about his inner child the whole time and he's talking about the little he says little me, and that's what I talk about in a lot of the work that I offer. So I'm really excited about everything that's to come with Brilliant. that. What about you? Because my answer for the other thing is a bit cheesy, but it's the only honest answer. Like, yeah. yeah. I got I got I'm gonna, I've got two, right? So I've got a work one and a non-work one. Yeah, so the work one is we're launching a new product in April. We've been working on this all of 2023. I think that this product is is genuinely, and I know it, I'm most likely to say it because it's my product, but it's groundbreaking. It's gonna change lives. Um, it's gonna help transform the way of work. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. So that's coming. Yeah. yeah, I love it. That's yeah. coming, that's coming in April. Um, and on uh, on the personal front, I'm really excited. My word of the year is attention. And really that's a, a word for me to really bring me centered around what I wanna pay attention to, the, you know, and what I uh, wanna be present to. Um, I've, I'm sort of done with like having a conversation on this podcast about not being present enough and working too hard. And so for me, I'm excited about what that's gonna bring already. I mean, I started it towards the end of last year rather than starting in January, right? Because I already knew what I was going to be focusing on. So just uh, some really like good beh uh, behaviors and habits that have just started to come. And just more time, like being at home is like, you know, being at home in body is one thing. <coughs> being at home in body and mind and spirit is just totally different. Yeah. And I'm sleeping way better, which is so mad. Like, so good. excited to see what comes with that. And the leaving, <coughs> the leaving in 2023. So by the way, your question is, what part of yourself are you leaving in 23, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So like my, to give you my answer and, and to let you know why I think it's cheesy. Like I read the question and then I was like, 
I started to think of like some obvious answers of like, I don't know, parts of myself that I, that I weren't happy with. But with all the work that I do, man, I believe that every part of me is just trying to help me get by. So I don't really want to leave any part of me. I want to bring it, I want to bring the evolved version of who I was in 2023 into 2024. I know that sounds a bit cliche and cheesy, but it is true, man. It is true. That is what I want to do. Everything that I learned. And, and, you know, your mistakes and your failures, if I was to leave them in 2023, then I would leave all of the learnings of them in 2023 and I wouldn't bring them into 2024. And, and they're the things I want to bring in, man, yeah. more than anything else. I, I, I think, I think that's not the same as leaving something behind, right? So like you take your learnings with you always, right? So the failures are your learnings and you take them with you, not like leaving the failures. I think w w what I want to leave behind for myself is I think I said yes to too much last year and I I let people down on certain things. Yeah. And I don't want to let people down anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes to less, right? Yeah. And try my hardest to not let as many people down. That's what I want to leave behind about myself, right? And I'm not going to give myself a hard time about, you know, why it happened and what I could have done differently. All I'm saying is, the things I'm going to say yes to, I want to deliver on those. And I yeah. say yes to far fewer. So if I was saying yes to 90% of things last time, I'm only going to say yes to 10%, but I'm going to work my fucking socks off to make sure I deliver that 10%. Yeah, I'm a, I best get all the things I need from you this year. Yeah, yeah, get them in early. early. But I, I'm probably going to say no to the majority of them, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, all right, cool. Ready to go, mate. Ready to go. Joey Barton is a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting clipped and going oh, no, out, mate, mate. So you can oh, take some mate. of the fucking my heat. My God, my God. Well, I want to talk about that anyway. But what am I talking about, Josh? So on the last podcast that we did, was it the last one? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we had a bit of a, a very brief, actually, discussion around Joey Barton and what he was saying at the time. He, he hadn't said as much as he's gone on to say. And I hope we can just touch on some of that because I looked at his Twitter last night and he's being, yeah. we'll talk about that Hold in a second. Yeah. But the clip that went out on social media was the small clip of it where I go to talk about him and then I sort of stop and just call him a moron and say Joey Barton is a moron. Um, and uh, the clip went out, went viral on Instagram. I think it's done like nearly 400,000 views. Yeah. Um, but it went viral in all the wrong places. <laughs> in the wrong reasons, yeah. <laughs> With the real sort of, um, listen, I'm gonna call them dregs of society. Um, men, like probably all about 99.9% .9 men. All, yeah. And all, then I think even the ones that pretend, said they were women, I think they were men. Well, I think there was one yeah. woman, wasn't it? That was probably sent there by her husband. Yeah. Um, but they were all middle-aged white men. Not all middle-aged, actually. Balding. Actually, no, that, balding. Is, that, is, yeah. that is true. Yeah. Actually, and that was probably the slightly upsetting thing about it. I believe what happened is that the post has been shared in a few sort of alt-right um, spaces online. online. Online spaces, yeah. yeah. Some of the language. Um, so so ju just for the listeners who don't necessarily follow our Instagram, um, the posts have been really a lot, quite vitriolic, very punchy, very uh, personal, you know. Uh, yeah, like I'm not, so a lot of them take the piss out of my hair, the man bun and the ponytail and then they call it a top knot and all that sort of shit. Like I said to you, I don't think you can call somebody a moron and then get upset 
when people call you names back. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's not very nice when you're reading fucking hundreds of, every time I open Instagram, there's like 10 more comments, fucking man brum pit, yeah. man brum pit. Like it does activate you in a certain way. Um, but it's more, what upset me a lot is looking at some of the profiles of some of these men. You know, there's one dude on there who, you go into his profile, he's clearly got a daughter who he takes to watch women's football with him. And he's on a post about Joey Barton fucking hammering me for saying that women should be able, should be pundits on sport. And I just think like, he's got them views and he's taking his daughter to football. Like what the, f like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I was, it was my first taste of like, like mass negative commentary. I would yeah. say that the majority of the comments on there are feeding that narrative, right? What's interesting is that the post has had almost as many likes as comments, which is normally you'd get a lot more likes than you would comments, right? Yeah. But there's, and then we've had like something like 25% growth on our account since that happened. So there are people that are looking at it and, and resonating with what we're saying, but not coming in to the conversation. Yeah, and you wouldn't, right? Would you, yeah, you, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Um, and I, w I felt very uncomfortable that you were getting all the heat because it wasn't, it wasn't me. And then I, uh, so it, t it took my attention for a little while over the Christmas break and, and I sort of didn't know. And then I just, uh, I think we both just started having a bit of fun with it and just- Taking a piss out of Taking a piss out of them, which was brilliant. <laughs> um, but really, I think uh, they're just, they they're keyboard true keyboard warriors in the truest sense, right? Like mm. they are just you know um, hiding in social media in in place. Before stuff. we go on to just quickly explore what type of man ended up on there, um, obviously we've talked about it before, but I've been on the I get quite a lot of like trolling, negative feedback about the content because of what I talk about is is that way inclined. Um, Having not experienced it before and then experiencing it for the first time, mm. are there any clear things that changed, opinions that changed? So when you heard somebody talking about being trolled online, mm. do you think what how you might respond to them has changed? And if so, in what way? Yeah, I would have probably been in the camp, which is just ignore it. Yeah. Just, just, just like, just switch it off. Don't yeah. engage. It's really, it really impossible to do um, because there's a few things, right? Firstly, there's our natural reaction as a human to to want to kind of see some justice, right? So if someone's just literally just hammering you, what, like, are you just going to take it, right? And um, it just actually, I'm just I'm just going to go off on a tangent for a minute. Just remind me of something. You know, when Eminem was filming Eight Mile, mm. when he was doing the battle scenes, mm -hmm. when they were filming it, right? Um, to preserve his voice, he was told by the director to mime. Right. So he was like, so he was getting like busted up by the opponent, like who was properly spitting bars. And the crowd was like just people that had been gathered, right? To to be part of the film. They weren't necessarily Eminem fans, right? Yeah, yeah. So then they started like, like goading him and taking the piss out of him and stuff like that. But he was still having to like, like mime and not properly respond. And then, he was like, that's it, I'm done. And so then he just like took them apart and he battled like he was a proper MC, right? But I think you get to a point where you're just getting like hammered, right? And then you just go, okay, that's it, right? I have to. The other thing that I thought that was 
really interesting is um, you you almost feel like you have to have a voice defending what you stand for. Otherwise you get drowned out. Like, you, like you, it just gets stolen from you, if you like, your narrative, yeah. right? So no, I definitely respect that a lot more. I think the other thing I've learned is you can either totally get consumed by it or just keep an eye on it, dip in and then have to do something else. I think the first few days when it was going on, I was getting totally consumed by it because I was sort of, I think it was, I, I would have been much more comfortable if it was rounded and lots of people from society were having a conversation and there were some pluses and minuses, but we were very clearly pulled into this. Oh, it's like 1200 comments yeah. and all 1200. Oh. I mean, there's not a positive comment no. on no. there. No. And like, that's the thing, yeah. I always, I used to say to like, before I had my own audience and stuff, I used to be like, just ignore it, man. Mm. Like, especially to people I used to, I used to think you're doing so well in life. Mm. Just ignore all the hate. Mm. But when you're there and you're opening your phone, and you see it, 15 comments. Yeah. And then you click on it and it's yeah. just like fucking, just abusing you um, and like attacking your character. And like the main words that they were using, is it simp? Simp. Simp, beta male. Yeah, soy uh, boy. What is it? Soy boy. Soy boy. <laughs> White yeah. knights. White knights, normally spelt wrong without the yeah. fucking K on it. Yeah. Um, but I've wrote down the definitions of those things because I'd sort of heard the terms before yeah. But but this is why it was clearly part of like a had gone into groups because they were all using it, right? It wasn't like one or two. Mm. So simp is internet slang for someone who shows excessive sympathy and attention towards another person, typically someone who does not reciprocate the same feelings in pursuit of affection or a sexual relationship. <laughs> a soy boy is uh, a, a term funny, isn't it? sometimes used in online communities to describe men perceived to be lacking masculine characteristics. But is it to do with soy sauce? Because I because I eat a lot no, of sushi. No, no, soy milk and the it's the it's the kind of the makeup of soy milk uh, and you know right something. Oh, like I that, thought it was yeah. sushi based, which, no, I, quite, which no. I quite liked. No. And then beta male, which is a, a beta, is a slang insult for describing a man who seems who is seen as passive, subservient, weak, and effeminate. That's us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, not alpha. You know, but, what I fucking, you know what really pissed me off just quickly? A couple of these men on that. Have you seen Joey Barton, right? He's about, he's like yeah. four foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and there's a few of these men like, oh yeah, he wouldn't say that to his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like fucking, like they, they've obviously now held up Joey Barton in, su in such a regard. Like, I don't know if you've seen him, but on Twitter last night, he's talking about like, my fucking granddad fought in a war for this. And, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. like, he, he's, he's he, trying to like- He's doubling down. He's trying to make himself a hero. To like this. trying to put, yeah. put himself as some sort yeah. of like, yeah. uh, uh, they fought wars so yeah. that women pundits. Yeah, the other, the, other two were, the other two were the words uh, that were coming up were snowflakes a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. that's all. And woke it, yeah. agenda. Yeah, I'm woke. used to both of them. Yeah. yeah, no, used to, but it's really important because that's his language and that's exactly what he's going after. It's a bit like that, um, what's that guy? Uh, yeah, we talked. We couldn't remember his oh, name last time. His name now, but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, he's he's an actor. Lawrence Fox. Lawrence Fox. Yeah, he's an actor. He's typically gone after it. It's even like um, uh, Andrew Tate as well. Like they know what they're going after, right? Yeah. He knows he's going after it. So trying to be um, relevant. But my reflections coming out of it: two things. I'm really, I sort of say this with the. Uh, 
with a lot of love and affection, but I'm really glad it was you that said he's a fucking moron and not me. Yeah. And I'll explain why. Because I think we were teetering on the edge of alt-right and then far-right. Yeah, I, I reckon a lot of those alt-rightists were in the far-right groups as well, right? 100% And there was definitely, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of coded shit that was going on in, in, in those comments. I genuinely think that if I'd have said it, my color would have come out. And I don't know how I would have dealt with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure your color would have come out on Instagram. Cause if you look, they like even one of them, when they called, when they call like me a loser or something, they change the letter in because they're so used to doing this abuse online yeah. that they know what, yeah. what will get them banned and stuff. Cause I don't know if you saw, I said to one guy, you can't even fucking spell loser. And he was like, yeah. oh, that's how Instagram works. If I yeah. write it, I'll be banned. I mean, and lots of their accounts, if you clicked on them, yeah. said, oh, this is a new account. My last one got banned. So I, here's what I think is if we were to think about what was being said in these, and it would have been far right groups um, that this has been shared in wherever it was, it would have been man bun and insert racist term about you. Yeah. So wherever that it was, that's probably happening. That's probably happening. But Even also, though it weren't you. But, but, it, yeah. but also like you, it does like it, it, it doesn't not exist on social media. Like like if you just look at Twitter Twitter feeds when yeah of course yeah so so Instagram's I, slightly different yeah. it is yeah but I, so it would have come out and yeah. even the coded stuff would have come out and I think I would have really struggled more with it coming out of it. My biggest reflection is I'm fucking glad mm. like that we triggered the crap out of this group of men and it's just made me want to double down on having these tough conversations. Mm. And I'm even like willing to take on whatever needs to be taken on because you need to stand up for this stuff. You need to stand up for this stuff. You need to speak your mind. And my initial thought, honestly, was, oh, oh I, 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 don't, I don't want to put my head above the parapet. I don't like this feeling. Mm. Having gone through it, I thought, no, we, you know, if we're saying something that's causing a reaction, then it's a good thing. Yeah. It's the right thing. So more of the conversations. Yeah. Um, what uh, What's your reflection from it? Yeah, just that, and that I think, um, like we've discussed, it it it, it uh, highlights how we exist in echo chambers online, and oh, and you totally. forget you forget because now I surround myself with people like like us, predominantly. Yeah. So. I start to have a view of the world through the lens of people like us. And it's very easy for me actually to forget how much bigotry and racism is out there. And if you're not careful how that can um, influence how you see things. Yeah. Cause listen, there's, there's, there's the potential that I was reaching a place where I was starting to think, I don't know how much, I don't, I don't, I'm not around racist people very much at all. You know what I mean? Mm. But when you see them all in one place like that, and then you're like, fuck man, mm. like I'm in an echo chamber. And so you have to be like, you have to be aware of that because you shape your opinion around your experience, innit? Mm. So it was, it was good. Is that the right word? For me to see yeah. all of them grouped together. And by the way, I was wrong at the beginning when I said that they were all balding middle-aged men. I was using stereotypes. The, the scary worrying thing was, it was a real mix of men in there. Men oh, yeah. whose pictures were there, yeah. were there with them with their daughters, men who were young, young lads. With their Frenchy bulldogs. Yeah, with the fucking loads of them as yes. well. But like, um, 
there was a whole different range of men in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, how how do how do uh, you know outright right wing left wing you know how how do they work? How does grooming work? Right. You find people who are on the fringes of society who uh, don't feel like they belong and you bring them in and you make them feel like they belong. And yeah, yeah. Like and you take um, Nuance Conversation. What Barton's done is he's doubled down as well as being actually, if you look on his Twitter, he's very easy to call out now because he's being fucking horrible on there. Yeah, some of the things that he's saying are just nasty. He's just being nasty. What cracks me up is he's put one picture on Twitter of him in like the meditation pose and he's like, I'm on holiday. And I'm like, you're on fucking holiday consumed with Twitter. Hmm. You're just making yourself look a dick. But um, what he's done with the whole female punditry thing is he's taken this idea that people should be there on merit, which people don't have the capacity to be able to argue against, right? Which is that be because people aren't there on merit, you know, the, 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 when you go back to the mid nineties, uh, when it was just middle-class white men feeding you the football punditry, they weren't there on merit either. They were there predominantly because they were white and middle class and existed in our society. And so to bring back equality and equity, you actually have to allow uh, uh, that to happen and to stimulate it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But most people would just think, well, no, you should just be there on merit. If you're good enough, you'll be there. If you're, you know, anyone of any color, of any sex, if they're good enough, they'll be there because they don't understand the systems that we're existed yeah. in. Yeah. And Joey Barton takes them then and then they can all get behind them. And the fact that, that, that they're all angry and going through their own shit, he can feed off of, off of that, feel like he is somebody in his own head, right? But then you whip up this storm and you take all of those people that might have been in the middle and, and, you, and you take them over into that, to that yeah. part, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot here to unpack, but what I would say is um, uh, it feels to me that he has taken something that is, uh, a, a, a relatively small topic and attach it to something that's a very big topic. And because people don't understand it, they uh, they sort of, they just jump on the bandwagon because other people are sort of, you know, saying that this is the issue, right? The, the, the thing about sort of um, privilege, right? And that's, mm. what, you know, the vantage point that you have before anyone else is you don't see it because you're, you're receiving it, right? So anyone that's sort of saying that, hey, you've got this advantage, you're saying, well, no, I don't. It's like, any, you know, everyone has the same hours in the day, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that Molly May comment, everyone has the same hours. In, and the truth is, you know, everyone has the same number of hours in the day, but where you start from is very different, right? And so, um, and these structures, they inherently work to protect themselves and reinforce themselves. So the gap just gets bigger. It's a bit mm. like compound interest, right? Like it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So you have to do some stuff. Like some people, are going to be rubbish at what they do in the beginning, but then you know the, the more that they show up, the ones that uh, will be uh, able to um, to to um, perform will will thrive. Yeah. And 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 then the ones that aren't good, they won't do that, right? But somebody needs to give opportunities to That's get it. the balance. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, man. Um. I think it's a good conversation around merit. Yeah. Right. I think it's an important conversation. I think if there was any learnings like that you would take from it, what would they be? And what would what might you do differently if you had to? Well, as a result of the thing going viral yeah, and everything- Would you have done anything differently? No. No. 
I don't think I would. Like, I'm a passionate person. I called him a moron. I still think he's a moron. Yeah. I'd say it to his face. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll have a fucking fight when he, with him. When he's he wearing his it. clever he glasses. It, he can fucking have it. Yeah. Come on. Put that. Put That's that, my learning. That social media. My learning is Joey Barton, if you want it, you can have it. We'll do it for charity. Oh, in the ring. No, I'm joking that because I'm not, I don't want to use him. I wouldn't. Yeah. Because people are trying to use him for clout as well. And I ain't trying yeah. to do that. Yeah. All right. Good. We spent longer on that than we said we were going to. But yeah. anyway, it was a good topic. It was a good conversation. So, Sober January. We said we at the end of last yeah. um, episode that we were going to talk about sobriety and Sober January. Um, sober January is, I think it started a few years ago. It started in Britain and now it's become a it's called dry January, mate. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Actually... But uh, yeah, no, it's dry January. No, yeah, yeah, my mistake. Yeah, dry January. It's important actually. Context. We'll come on to it. But dry January. Beg your pardon. So dry January started in in the UK a few years ago. Now it's become a global phenomenon. And what it is is basically, you know, a lot of people take uh, January off of drinking, right, as a as a kind of uh, group endeavor, just to kind of set the year and start it right. One of the alcohol charities, by the way, have copyrighted dry January. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Dry January. That's all I want to say, Your Honor. How do you feel about Dry January? No, I, I, like I, I, I like it, man. Like I know a lot of people that are have got years of sobriety now because they tried, uh, they tried Dry January. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think, like everything, some people use it in the wrong way. Uh, I used to know a lot of lads that would go sober for a month normally in January, but they'd do it any other month. And I used to do it. I'd go sober for a little while to prove that I wasn't an alcoholic and didn't have a problem. And it was driven by having a massive boozer up at the end of it. So, it, you know, if you're doing it in that way and you're a, you're a heavy drinker who's got issues, a bad relationship with alcohol, a month off of it ain't going to do fuck all for you. You may as well just drink through it. I do yeah. think that. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing it mindfully and it, and it has the possibility of stimulating... A, a relationship change with alcohol for you, then I, I do think it's, I do think it's good, yeah. Um, what I would say is that uh, the fact that an alcohol charity has sort of copyrighted the use of Dry January, you start to think, well, what's going on here? Why like, do you think they're doing that? What's your what's your read on that? Um, I, I I don't know, but what why would you? I don't know why you would do that as a charity that wants to help and support people. Let people just use it. Use it. Yeah. You want, uh, you want it to kind of grow. Really, right? yeah. I think when you get under the hood of a lot of... Look, the addiction space is a funny old space, mate. As in like the addiction sort of charity space, the addiction uh, space in general. It's a very, it's a very strange and peculiar place. Um, that I sort of got blacklisted from a few years ago. Oh, really? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to get invited to speak at a lot of conferences around it. Um, but this, it's, it's um, like a lot of these things, I think it's um, uh, got overtaken by a little bit of dogma, you know? People are worrying about fucking terminology and, you know, you shouldn't describe your... You know, the moment somebody tells me that I'm wrong for describing my own experience in a certain way... I, then you're into dogma. Mm. And I think that happens, it happens with the quote unquote mental health conversation. It certainly happens in the addiction space. There is millions of millions of public money being spent on finding the right terminology to use. Mm. And I think that's ridiculous, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, so um, 
I, I forgot to pull the actual article that I read, but um, a lot of people relapse in dry January and it usually happens on the first Friday. Oh, really? Yeah, but if you kick, and sort of if it kicks off on the Monday. Uh, what do you think that, why do you think that is? Because uh, most people don't want to do it. I think most people that do it, or not most, actually, a lot of people that do dry January are doing it to try and prove a point that they don't have a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Or they don't have a bad relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's just because it's a thing that people do? It's a bit like setting resolutions now. It's just become a January thing that people do. Yeah, I do think I do think there's a there's a bit of that in there. Um and it's almost become a little bit gimmicky, hasn't it? Like everything does. I think yeah. it you know, it gets taken over and then becomes a bit gimmicky. But I'm not surprised that most people fail at on the first Friday. Remember like the ice bucket challenge, right? It was about uh, ALS, right? Raising, raising awareness for ALS, but then it just became about doing the ice bucket challenge, didn't it? Yeah, 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 on yeah. Social media. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think dry January has become like, I think sobriety has become like that in general, by the way. Um, and I, I, there's, there's problems to that, um, which I think we're gonna come on to. Yeah, 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 I wanna talk about that. So, but let's, let's take a, uh, I think- Let me just ask you something before you do yeah. that. Have you ever done dry January? No. No. All right, sorry, continue. I, I find it very difficult to abstain in general. <laughs> no, but that's the point. I, I, I think what you said around anything that makes us more mindful around any of our consumption, if we've become a bit mindless around consumption, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You, and then you can choose whether how you do it or not, right? I've heard a lot of people talk about damp January versus dry January. Have you heard that? Where, what, where you reduce it? We just reduce it massively. Yeah. But anything that just makes you more mindful. <laughs> it sounds gross. Sounds horrible. It? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Let's not let's not linger on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything that makes you more mindful yeah. around consumption uh, or your behaviours or your habits, I think is a good thing. Yeah. And then you can choose what you do with it. Do you think there's any um, value in just in in abstention for a month? What, just blindly doing it and then having a massive piss up on the 1st of February? Well, my mate just said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it on the 30th of January. What you've, sorry, your mate's- Someone said, said I'm, I'm, you know, and then I'm gonna go on the 30th. Look, I think if he wants to do it and it makes it think, it gives him a reset and he feels better as a result of it, then I think fair play. But I think ultimately in the grand scheme of things, in the long run of it, it, um, won't do fuck all. If he, if he's got a, if he's got a difficult or bad or not very good relationship with alcohol, then just abstaining from it. I mean, look, swap any other drug for it. Mm. If I was a heroin addict and I said I'm not going to do heroin in January, but I'm getting bang back on it in February, would you say yeah? That yeah. I mean, it's positive. Yeah. Uh, I don't. That's the you, point. Yeah. I don't that's think the you point. would. Yeah. yeah. So, but if I if I was a heroin addict and I said, listen. I'm gonna not do it in January. I'm gonna see what the experience is like. I'm gonna become more mindful of it. Um, see what I learn, and see where I'm at at the end of the month. Then it's different, isn't it? That's why the that's why that's why drinking is so interesting when you talk about this sort of stuff. Because if you you know, I think a lot of people might say, oh, I don't have a problem with drink. I just overdid it in in December, and I just want to kind of clean cleanse my body, right? And January is a good time to do it, and it's the start of the year and a fresh start. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would say that's the reason, not like I'm confronting like my relationship or not going that deep. The thing is, right? Some people will say that they have a glass of wine every day, and that's fine. You know, that's just part of their process, and they're and they're fine, right? Some people go much harder, whereas I think. Um, 
So people have a, a diff, they don't, they don't look at alcohol as a drug. They just look at it as like a scale of what's, what's permissible through to what's not permissible, right? Yeah. Whereas with heroin, like most people say, even just a bit is like, it's a dirty drug versus yeah. like if you're, you know, full on junkie, right? And so I think the alcohol industry is very clever because it's marketing itself not as a drug and, and, the, and the world doesn't see it as a drug until it gets to a point in which it's a problem. Yeah. Where society can't handle the amount of alcohol that person is consuming. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I think that it is marketed cleverly, but I think everything's marketed cleverly. I think I, I often see people within the sober community talking about marketing and how it's really bad and it shouldn't be marketed like that. But that is marketing. Mm. Like the idea of an advert is to make you think that you want something. So yeah. it's not just alcohol that we do that with. Oh, no. That's done with everything. No, By the way, yeah, it's yeah. done even better with sugar. Yeah, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and people don't talk about that. And, 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 and I think you have to be careful. Like, do I think that there is a duty of care when it's being advertised? Probably. Do I think that the people that have really bad relationships with alcohol and have like addiction struggles with it, do I think they would still be in the place they are if adverts didn't exist at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do, yeah. This so I think, that's about an, making, I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, this isn't make. about making the industry responsible. I think it's just really interesting the way we as society view alcohol and the industry is complicit in it, but they're not the only protagonists. Yeah, it. and it's only because it's legal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and by the way, I think the solution to that is to not, not to make alcohol illegal, but to make all drugs legal. Yeah. Or at least decriminalised everything. At least decriminalised, yeah. 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 Um, it's funny that I called it Sober January. Now, I think that was just a, a slip of the mind, but actually it's really interesting how the you know, the dry conversation or the cutting down conversation is now intermingling with the sober conversation. And I mm. think that's probably an element of why I just went, you know, sober versus dry. There's a zeitgeist around sobriety. There's a what? Zeitgeist, like a, a moment. There's a I, conversation. There's a yeah. sort of a, oh, a topical moment. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. yeah. Um, around consumption and addiction and cutting back and cutting out, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think it's helpful for people suffering from addiction, this this zeitgeist moment around, you know, addiction and, 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 and overconsumption? I think the answer is to, to do I think is helpful is yes and no, right? So, so I think the fact that there's a lot less stigma around being sober now is really, really good, yeah? Like when I, I got so when I got sober, nobody went in a pub and didn't have alcohol, right? It was fucking weird if you did. So the fact that that's changing and attitudes around that is changing and being sober is being more normalized is only a positive thing. Where I think there is a slight issue is where you have people that are stopping for a lifestyle choice and finding it amazing. Uh, becoming coaches from that, which is great. I love that they are, they're creating communities and they're supporting one another and others in doing that. If you get one of them that doesn't understand the difference between what they're doing and somebody who's a full-blown addict, then, then you have a problem. Because if you have somebody saying, if you, you know, if you, if you just want it enough and you do these simple steps that I did to get sober, then you'll never drink again and your life will get way better. That's not my story, man, and it's not the story of a lot of people I know that have been trapped in addiction. Mm. And I, 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 that, 
you know, I do think that there could be an issue there where, where, where people are listening to people who've made lifestyle choices and thinking there's something wrong with me, you know, because I can't stop. My life doesn't get better when I stop drinking. Mm. You know, my life gets worse and it gets harder. And there's a lot of people out there saying, just stop drinking and everything will get better. Um, and I do, look, I do think that um, because it's a relatively new thing as well, you've had, I think I've talked about this in the past, but you've got a massive explosion of people with loads and loads of people under five years sobriety. Yeah, and the sobriety journey, particularly, look, you, you start off hating alcohol, for example, when you get sober. Yeah. Alcohol was the devil, it did this to me, and then slowly you realize, fuck man, it was, alcohol wasn't, alcohol wasn't the devil, alcohol wasn't the bad thing here, alcohol actually got me through. And actually when you take alcohol away, what I'm left with is myself, and here's the problem, and now I've got to deal with that. And I learned through my own sober journey that I used to say that, you know, I felt like this because of drink. I behaved in that way because of drink, yeah? And then when you take the drink away and those feelings are still there and then some are, and, and, and way worse, some of the behaviors are still there. You know, when you go, fucking hell, man, I was so drunk, I did this thing. I treated this person in this way. Man, I was so drunk. And then you get sober and you look after yourself for a while, but then life takes over again. And then you start looking at yourself, you think, fucking hell, man, I did this thing, I behaved in this way. and and I can't blame it on alcohol anymore, so now fucking mm. what? Mm. You know, uh, sobriety and, and going longer and longer without alcohol teaches you those things. You get more big life moments, you get the dull moments, the hard moments, the difficult moments, and each and every time you have to find a new way to get through it without escaping and without the release. Um, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that I see, is that there's a lack of like real long-term sobriety. And I don't say that egotistically just because I've done 11 and a half years. Do you know what I mean? Like, war wounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I used, when I was- It's just a hard journey, isn't it? Like, yeah, and when I was early sober, I used to get fucking uncomfortable and upset with people that were like 15 years sober. They used to say, wait, you know, you don't know, wait till you get 10 years sober. And then you think I was crazy for the first five years. Mm. And you think, fuck off, like, mm but there's some truth in it. Mm. There's, there, there's sort of the angle that you took, which I take, you know, from a, a lived experience point of view and an understanding of, of, of the mindset of someone that's going through addiction. I'm curious also about whether somebody's at, like on the edge or curious or doesn't know it's a problem yet, but feels something's not right. And it's almost as though, you know, rather than them being able to, acknowledge that there's a problem here. They're just kind of, it's being boiled down to overconsumption, therefore just dialing down the consumption. So some people, I guess what I'm saying is that some people who need it not to be the message, it becomes the message for them. Mm. Is that is that is that a possibility, do you think? Well, you mean like somebody like I was might look and think, well, I'll just keep... Um... I just need to calm, I just need to calm down a bit, you know? Yeah, but I think, uh, like I don't, I don't have too much concern around that because I did that. Like I, I, I went from vodka to, you know, I'll stop drinking spirits and I'll just drink, I drink cider in it, but I, I'll stop drinking spirits and I'll just drink pints. And I'll, I'll, maybe it's not pints, I'll drink spirits. I did all of that. I tried all of that and none of it, none of it worked for me. Um, so like, that's why I, I, I stopped short of saying that it's dangerous because I think people that really want it will find 
what they really want and need. Mm. I do think that eventually. Mm. Like if, say like the person that I was that got sober back then, I think I might have done a couple more years in, in sober communities coming in and out thinking I really don't want to double down and stop. I might have done that. I would have said that I was sober curious maybe a little bit longer, but hopefully I would have found the solution. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's... It's, it's 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 tricky to say in in that sense, but you have to. It's it's a very new space now as a result of that. Yeah, the whole sober community is is a, is it's a very new space, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and the 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 challenge, as you said, is that there are because people are sort of when you're you know whenever you want to do like, let's take let's take it away from sobriety and let's say anytime you want to change something in your life for the for the better you then start to scour where you can find sources of inspiration, mm. right? And the the internet, social media in particular, is dangerous, yeah. right? Because you sort of, you, you, you look at somebody and you go, oh, this, they've got charisma, yeah. they've got a bit of a following. Uh, oh, like been sober for two years or they've been doing this, you know, they've done their transformation for two years. Yeah, you know, and you follow it. And and then, and then so you, you, it's just, there there is there is no... There is no way of like testing whether someone's point of view is valid or strong or yeah. followed, and that's uh, or whether it's going to work for you, right? Because you know, even if I look at myself now, you know, like I know I bang on about it, but I landed at the place last year where I've gone to basically no sugar at all. Yeah, I see myself as an addict when it comes to sugar. Now, most PTs out there say I hadn't quite reached that place where I needed to quit sugar. If I went and said, like, I fucking just keep bashing chocolate and that and da-da-da, 90% probably of PTs would start me on the process of working towards being able to have a treat. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Fair? All in moderation. Yeah, yeah, right? You need to get yeah. to a place where you just have a treat. So they would maybe be saying, like, just, you know, we'll get yeah. to a place where you have a pudding when you go out mm. with the family or whatever, yeah? Now, that might work for a lot of people. Yeah, in the same way with alcohol that it might work. You know, somebody might have a bad relationship with it and they get to a place where they can moderate it and they change their relationship with it and they do dry, or dry January and, you know, then they change their relationship and they only drink at certain cases. People might be able to do that, but not me. You know, and it's in, so, so you have to seek out the right person for you and you have to hope that anybody that you works with has enough about them. I, I, I wish for all PTs, to ask everybody the question, are you in recovery from anything? Hmm. Oh, so you're sober, so you don't drink alcohol anymore, you're in recovery and you don't do drugs. Okay, um, let's just look at sugar clearly as what it is, which is like refined sugar, that is a drug. So maybe, maybe you need to flirt with or try complete abstinence from sugar as somebody who's had addiction problems in the past. But the PT space has not really caught up with that at all yet, has it? So, no. so like you're gonna have the same things in yeah. that you're gonna have the same things in sobriety spaces as well. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. But the thing is with personal development, so much of it is is unregulated, right? It, yeah. It, it, like there's no there's no qualification process, there's no certification process, and and I think um, I think that's dangerous when it comes to you know to certain kind of you know areas of personal development because anyone can kind of do anything. Yes and no. Uh, see, I don't, I don't like regulation, yeah. which might be a little bit, because uh, I hear regulation all the time. Coaching spaces should be regulated, da da da. But, but regulated by what? The fucking Western machine. Fair point. Because like, uh, medicine's regulated. 
and it's fucking regulated by the Western yeah. machine, man. Yeah, but then, so, so then, but what's, so that's then not what's the alternative? Can like huh? anyone do anything? Like that's it. That's what you're saying, right? That's the alternative. Uh, there has to be some happy ground, right? I don't know, man. Because once you regulate anything, it has to be regulated by a group of people. By someone. So it has to be regulated by a group of people. So once you do that, you're 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 prone and you become open to dogma and you become open to 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 prejudice. Would you and rather have surgery from a surgeon that was trained different, in surgery? Different. Because there's physical markers. There's physical markers when we're talking about surgery, yeah? When you're talking about a physical issue with you, there's physical markers. I can do a blood test and and say your fucking liver's fucked. We need to do. We need to operate. Because it's, it's yeah, it's black. It's, um, it's black and white. Yeah, it's binary. Yeah? Yeah, it's binary whatever, yeah. yeah, I can do a test on you. When you come to me and say I feel this way, yeah, I there's no physical test on you. I can do. I have to then introduce my idea of what normal is to you. Yeah. So I might not take your cultural background into to, yeah. to consideration at all, yeah. and I'll go in Western in Western ideology. Yeah. yeah, you're crazy because you think that there's a spirit that's looking after you, and you're not sad about the loss of your your parent. Yeah. yeah. So in Western ideology, you're crazy. Yeah. In a different ideology, you're making sense of your pain and you're moving through it. I, but here, you're crazy. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So you can't. So yeah. as soon as you regulate mm. things that don't have physical markers. There's an issue. And that's what's happened to the addiction space, by the way. But it's run by loads of middle-class white I want to have this conversation because I, 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 I still think that there has to be, uh, there has to be a middle ground. There has to be somewhere in between a 16 year old leaving school mm -hmm. and the highly overly regulated, which I totally agree, right? It becomes it becomes about the power of that group or who puts the the doctrine out. And we've had loads of conversations about that book, you, you know, the you know the the one that so much of Western kind of uh, yeah, the DSM, yeah. DSM, yeah. So like, but like that, like that, and so I, I don't like the I, like when I don't like the word regulation, but there needs to be some sort of learning process that enables, like, how otherwise, how's a PT gonna know to like say? to understand about addiction, right? Can you just sort of, at what point does their learning um, be become guesswork or, or the other way? Well, this, but this is the thing, yeah? Who's gonna regulate it? Well, you, I can come and regulate it. I think regulate, I think regulate, about I think sugar, regulate. You just need to get, look, you're talking shit about sugar, Josh. If you try hard enough and you follow my, my five-step practice, yeah? You'll be able to eat sugar in moderation. Well, who's right and who's wrong? I think, well, I think the regulation word is a bit of a, is a, is a, is a, tr it's not even triggering. It's like a, it's a, an anomaly word, right? Take regulation out. And I think it's more about education. Yeah. Right? So like, how do we make sure that people are educated enough to give holistic advice, right? So to, to be able to say, Hey, you're here to see me from a, to, to build your, 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 your physical kind of, uh, you know, your physique and, but there are maybe some other things at play here. How yeah. do you educate them enough? And regulate's the, the wrong word. How do we make sure people are educated enough? So such that when you go to those people, you feel like ah oh, that they they're they're really holistic. The reason I really like that um Rungan Chatterjee podcast, yeah, mm -hmm. he's the doctor, like he's worth checking out, is he brings on lots of different people um around health, around mindset, around mm. Um, and he's, you know, and he's really open. He's very, he's, he's pr a practitioner in medicine, but he tries to be really holistic. Um, and I really like 
that. So anyway. So just quickly though, just quickly. Yeah. He's really holistic. He's really holistic because he opens up his podcast yeah. to the freedom of everyone's welcome. Yeah. And I'm going to give some personal responsibility yeah. to the individuals to be able to come and try the what they buy and taste yeah. and listen. Yeah. So so better than for me, better than regulation is educating people to stay in their power and find what works for them and go out and try fucking everything. And if you go, yeah, if you go to the church and the church works for you and it and it and it heals your despair, you go to the church, man. Go to the church. If it enter church and it's fucking doing CBD oil, then you go and do that. Right, mm. but everybody should be free and should be given the personal autonomy, yeah, and the power to be able to stand in themselves and go, this works for me, free from your ideology, free from your ideology, because I'm part of a community, but I'm also my own person. That's that's what that. we need. Man. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. So so really helping people to to stand in their own power, right, is the Thing that's the hardest because we're because people on mass are conditioned right by an abusive system by an abusive system so that's the answer yeah. mates get rid of the abusive system give people their personal autonomy again yeah no i love that mate brilliant place to end yes very good end. mate Enjoyed excellent this. conversation yeah. we're back we are back with a bang see you next time Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai.